0: To get transcendence, and it's episode twenty-nine, week four of my practicum. So this week, um, it was a little bit easier for me um, because of Ramadan. Like I wasn't fasting this week, um, so that was a little helpful. You know, I could bring uh, water and food to work, which was great. I wasn't as um, jazzy, but uh, no, the wor- work was good. Uh, getting to know a lot of people. Everyone comes in at the same time and talk to new people, but. Um, yeah, so this week we actually had a sporting conference starting on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Thursday wouldn't have the opportunity to go because their supervisor actually had jury duty. So uh, we couldn't go Thursday. But Friday, I actually had come in in the morning and the other practicum student had already been at the sporting conference. And my supervisor said I could go there if I wanted LRTs right there. So I actually had left work early Friday morning went straight to the sporting conference, which is in the Van VanVleet Center, and it was actually really great. I loved that we had the opportunity to go because um, I learned a lot, and I wrote some notes on some of the speakers that I wanted to share with you guys, um, but no, yeah, it was free for us. You just typed the one card into the username on the website, and we got it for free as students, so um, mashallah, I was super blessed. So I was happy to be a participant. Um, I, didn't, I just sat by myself. I didn't see anybody else at the conference, but um, I'm just going to talk about a little bit of what the speakers talked about. Okay, so when I had first gotten to the VanVleet, I was downstairs, and it was a lot different than the main gym conference that I had found. So the one downstairs, they were doing um, lectures, Regarding neuroscience and stuff, and I had asked the people at the table where the main conference was, and it was upstairs. So I went up there, and it was a little bit late, so I didn't know who exactly the speakers were, but I kind of caught on. Um, But I started taking notes. So one of the ladies on the panel had um, been asked some advice that she would give her younger self, and take in mind this is athletes who um, have been competing in the Paralympics and as well as been varsity students so a lot on their plates and you know the field that I'm in that's been their life for a very long time and there was different generations different genders Uh, the whole panel was white and they had mentioned that as well in the lecture but um no so this is some this is a question that one of them had been asked so she had been asked uh, some advice she would give her younger self and she said perspective which I found was great, because that comes with maturity and age, and she said, you know, perspective is hard to get, and slippery to hold, which is one of her favorite quotes, um, she said that she could wish she could get more perspective in her younger self, because there's more to the sport than winning, and she said another thing would be to sail your own ship, and honestly, I, I relate to this a lot, um, because As an athlete and a student, I learned that through my degree, you know, we focus so much on training these athletes and pushing their boundaries, and we never really, we never really push as much to reflect inward and look at who we are first, before athlete, before student, and um, I love that she had said that, Uh, also sailing your own ship, because, you know, for me personally, um, being a white female, uh, recent revert to Islam, it's, it's relatable to both uh, both of my podcast um, themes because it's hard to sail your own ship when you're either in an individual sport compared to a uh, team sport. And being able to be the athlete who you are, and even with relationships with other teammates and your coach. So that spoke to me a lot, and I'll talk about that in the second part of the conference. But um, the next question was, who helped you get to where you are? And this this one I thought was really cool too. You know, I was waiting for some more insight out of the box. But she had said things like, you know, your mentor, support system, family, national team coach, partner, which are mostly people, you know, people that have helped her with growth and development. But I found it interesting because for me, the first two things that I would say is, first of all, who helped me get to where I am? I did. First of all, you know, you have to recognize yourself and the progress that you've gotten through regardless of people around you and God, you know, that's a perspective that I didn't hear throughout the whole entire sporting conference with somebody who was spiritual or religious and, you know, I would not never be where I am today if it wasn't for God guiding me and finding him. And it was interesting because for this question, I would have said the same thing six months ago. I would have never thought about myself or God or, you know, it would always be people around me and support systems, but... When you look at it, it's hard because lots of people don't even have support systems, you know. Um Once again, that's a later in the conference where you talked about uh, an oppressive population. But uh the next question was, what is your vision for sport? So she says, you know, sport isn't everything, but it's important. And she doesn't know what she would be doing today if it wasn't for sport. Um, There's societal markers of success, whether you win or lose. And, um, sport can be a place where you can develop and become great people. And that was so great to hear because like I said, in my degree, it made me not really like sport in some ways because we're so focused on the external rewards and we don't think about who we are and the internal rewards that we do get from sport. And, you know, yes, winning feels great, but how can we teach kids and um, ourselves that it's not the end all and be all and our body shouldn't be a means to an end and the end being just winning or um, a a medal or money, a monetary value and uh, I think that's the biggest thing for me that I've been trying to develop as my future coaching and trainer personality and self is You know, how do we focus on the strength and conditioning aspect, but also give our athletes an opportunity to look inward and think about why we think the way that we do or, you know, how come we're doing this sport? Is it for ourselves, for our family? You know, when we get injured, should we listen to our bodies? Should we listen to ourselves or are we so focused on doing it for the team or the coach that we're not taking care of ourselves? And that leads me into her next point. She says, you know, we place value on things we can't control in sport. It's a tough place to exist. And this is the reason I wrote notes about it is because it's true. It really is genuinely a hard place to exist. And the things that we can't control, the inevitable, um, it's hard for us as human beings to understand that. And change that you know we we feel like we always need to be in control but sometimes we have to allow things to happen in order to experience greatness we have to be able to fail we have to learn how to accept losing in order to enjoy what it feels like to win or what it feels like to take a loss and still feel great about your performance Um, regardless of you know if the support is there you know you could feel great and feel like you're in control of your emotions, and then, you know, some teammates or your coach don't support that, and that's really what I want to do as a coach. So, these questions are, are pretty long, like I could talk about them for a long time, but uh, she said she sees sport as a place in the future where we don't place as much value on winning, and there's the next note. I didn't even realize that it was on here, and I had already said it. She says, says, like, competitive, but for not that it be the end-all and be-all. So, um, she said, oh, that's another great point. The reproduction of the same person or athlete over and over again. And, you know, I've talked to my sociology prof about this, that I feel like, you know, we are creating a culture of um, war through athletes. You know, like the capitalism, the neoliberalism, the point where we think that we have to, be independent and that winning is the only thing and that's why we're training our athletes when that's not true we're training our athletes to yes be good uh, better at their sport I should say Um, to teach them new things but not to be a place that's purely physical you know all bodies are welcome and uh, can be transformed and in an emotional state, psychological state, not just physical. Um, and she said another great point that she ended with was, you know, she, the vision for sport, she sees it as a place that doesn't reflect the heterosexual, heterosexual, white, able-bodied male. Um, and that's where they had talked about the panel, uh, mostly being males and, um, white. So she talked about that, but so, the next speaker was someone who was born with cerebral palsy, and he said it was unfortunate, um, which I wrote down as, you know, his words, and why would it be that way, you know? I didn't really understand. Maybe it was something that came out that he didn't actually mean, because, um, you know, he didn't come off as that kind of person. So, uh, when I had heard that, it threw me off, so I wrote it down, but cause I don't think that's unfortunate at all, you know, maybe for... The way that the media portrays it, sure some people have may have that view, but you know as I said, including all bodies and uh, all human beings, it's it really shouldn't be fortunate. It should be a place where we can learn to transform. So um, they just talked a little bit about he just talked a little bit about himself and um, the cl- the collaboration between different sports within the Paralympic movement and how he started in Canada in 1985 doing para-sport. There was a couple questions that stood out to me that I'll talk about. So, uh, strength and weaknesses, he was asked what they were as an athlete. One of the strengths, he said, was to do everything physically possible to get in the best shape that he would run 96 miles a week. And um, he wanted to be the best athlete on the starting line. And for me, I had actually asked a question during this, during this morning conference after, and I had said, you know, when you said that, um, based on the articles that I've read, you know, in my sociology class and stuff, it's hard, especially for runners and people who are doing recreational sport to really separate what it, what defines winning or being physically fit? And when we have these numerical values, like for example, we say we run 96 miles a week, what happens when we don't reach those goals? You know, Do we feel like we're in the best possible shape because we don't reach it? And most people don't, you know? People will take uh, NSAIDs and they'll um, just completely destroy their body just to get hit that marker to cross the finish line in order to feel like they're in the best shape. But in reality, we really do need to make our athletes think about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and, you know, are these numbers realistic? You know, we talk about SMART goals and how we can teach people to make goals that are um, realistic and time-manageable. And um, it's just, for me, that really kind of, it was hard to hear. Uh, because we we shouldn't focus on a certain set value because it can change. It can change by the day, by the, by the week, by the athlete, uh, especially for injuries. You know, we don't want to make people feel like they're not physically fit just because they can't complete something. Um, so, you know, maybe being physically fit means making the effort and doing the best that we can that day and um, acknowledging our accomplishments Uh, moving on from that uh, weaknesses you know he said on the starting line he didn't believe in the training that he did and there was tension between being a high performance trainer versus a racer and once again that speaks to the mental part of sport like how can we have a positive outlook on our training and whether we win the race or not still feel proud of our accomplishments and our efforts. Um, but yeah, so that was a, a really good discussion. The next part we, uh, I'm going to skip over this, this part, but, uh, okay. Here was another person. So kind of the same question. Uh, what would you change and what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, don't think about sports so much, you know, um, don't sweat the small stuff, like, just think, or sorry, don't, just do it and don't think, and for me, I take that both ways, you know, like I said, we do need to be aware and acknowledge the things that we're doing and why we do them, but, uh, oh, one thing that stood out to me that was incredible that he said, you know, encourage young children to stare. And wow, did that speak volumes to me because, uh, and once again, I'll take it from both perspectives of my podcast, uh, encouraging young people to stare, young children to stare from his point of view because he had cerebral palsy. He said he wanted them to learn, you know, it's something different that they've never seen before. And um, <laughs> for me, that's been huge. Like, I recognize my privilege, you know, that I'm a a white female And I have a lot of friends that are cultural. And ever since, you know, I've heard stories and I've dated um, people from different countries and I've gotten, you know, racist comments and and all that uh, negative attention. And I only really experienced it for myself a lot more since I reverted to Islam and, and wearing a hijab in public and people saying, not even saying things as well. I won't speak to that, but staring, uh, giving me looks, um, because I look a certain way and I define, I'm defined by their perspective of what I'm wearing and what it means to them. So, um, I would say that that, that felt really good to hear from his perspective. You know, we heard his story and, um, what had happened with him, but, uh, Yeah, it just feels great and, you know, I've had a hard time with bringing, um, and praying at work, bringing my prayer mat and wanting to wear my hijab but feeling like I wouldn't fit in anymore. Um, so that was, that was pretty big for me. I've felt that, you know, my role changes as I go places which shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Um... And another thing that he had said that made people laugh was he would, he would change, uh, the person who first built stairs, he'd want to build ramps everywhere, you know, so it can be inclusive. One big goal for him was that he wanted, uh, 51 of the, 51% of the people involved in the Paralympics to, um, have that perspective, um, be somebody experiencing impairment. So (laughs) that was really, really cool. And, he said that one of the fondest memories was interpersonal relationship with coaches and mentors, and people and um so that was great. you know it really spoke to how important communication and connections and relationships are uh throughout sport um, Lastly, I know this is getting long, but uh I wanna speak to um, one of the speakers that we had the panels after lunch it was uh from she was from the Tree Six Nations. And she had just spoken about uh, the oppression she had been through, you know, and growing up in a foster home and not having a good experience there. And she set a goal to to get out of that system. And at age 16, she had left foster care and went to a public school system and never participated. And, you know, phys ed was required for her to graduate, and she had to sit on the sidelines and watch able-bodied kids because there were no programs for para-athletes. And, you know, this... The speaker, once again, it it, it just hit home and it felt good to to know that our faculty is working on these different policies and and community connections to help each other experience what sport is and what it truly should be for athletes and coaches and trainers. So uh, once again, I just want to thank the faculty and my supervisor and my practicum for allowing me this opportunity, because it was great. It honestly felt good to, um, I mean, it wasn't a break, but it felt good to be out in the community and, um, take the opportunity to go watch the speakers, um, from the university. So I hope you guys have a good night and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you guys want to talk about anything that I had mentioned today, let me know. And, uh, I hope you guys had a good weekend.